The following is a presentation of the PTB Media Network. Parking the Bus podcast can be followed on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify, or if you have an Amazon Echo by simply saying, Alexa, play the Parking the Bus podcast. Don't forget to check out the show's homepage at www.parkingthebusmedia.com. You're listening to the Parking the Bus podcast's continuing coverage of Euro 2020 here on the PTB Media Network. What's up, PTB Nation? Welcome to episode 64 of Parking the Bus. It's the final night. Yeah, here we are, the end of Euro 2020. What a final. Could anybody tell me they didn't enjoy this tournament? Was this not the best tournament that you have probably watched from start to finish in a long time? For me, it, it was. I mean, this tournament gave uh, delivered every single day. Okay, special hello to everybody watching right now on Periscope on www.parkingthebusmedia.com and also on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, go right down there, hit the subscribe button and hit the little bell next to it so that you are alerted every time I go live um, at Fade My Place. We'll be here a little bit later on. Uh, he will be joining us shortly to continue to break down uh, this tournament, the final night, here we are. We're going to talk about the final. It's England versus Italy. It was the two best teams of this tournament. I don't think anybody can dispute that. These were the two top teams that uh, these two teams from start to finish gave us the best the best show of this tournament and gave us the best, um, just the best performances. Uh, Garrett Southgate, I'm sure, will be a big talking point tonight. Um, he's again a big part of what's going on. And um, I have a lot of, I have a lot of criticisms to make of, of the way he ma managed the match today. I'm not taking away what he's done in the past, what he's done to get them here, but I just spent a good two hours listening to talk sport. Okay. Listening to the English radio feed, listening to their fans call in their radio shows and talk about What's going on? Talk about what they thought about this match versus what I think as an American here, you know, a, a Portuguese American living here in the United States whose focus was on Portugal in this tournament, but who watches the rest of it as a neutral. A lot of, of their callers were making the same criticisms in the same, they had the same uh, opinions I had, not just today, but throughout this whole tournament in regard to England, okay? A lot of them made the same exact complaints I made. And you know what the talk sport hosts did to every single caller? They gaslit them. They completely gaslit them by saying, well, well, if you're gonna if you're gonna critique Garrett Southgate today, what'd you think about how he managed the Germany match? You know what? It's one match at a time. Okay, it is one match at a time. At Fade Mike Play is in the house. He just pulled in. Let's bring him on, and let's see how things went over at his house today. What's going on? What's up? How's it going, man? How's it going over there? 
It's going pretty well. It's going pretty well. An absolutely ridiculous final today. Uh, it was definitely had a lot of twists and turns. I was sure pretty shocked to see the way that it uh, the way that it went. You know, it's funny. I kind of predicted it before the match. I was I watched it my wife's family's house at her parents' house. They're having their usual Italian Sunday big dinner, right? That they have at, at one p.m. <laughs> because it takes the rest of the day to digest it, but. <laughs> You know, what do you think? And I said, Italy's going to win in penalties. I had a feeling. I just said, England, if it gets there, is not going to be able to handle the moment. And I think that's what happened. I think Southgate kind of outcoached himself a little bit in bringing on cold players to take penalties. That's crazy. Now, had they scored and had they won, I'd be sitting here saying, what a brilliant play. But the truth is, they weren't ready for that moment. I mean, that... (sighs) That's just such a bold thing to do mm-hmm. when it's not just like you're bringing on, you know, these players for one game, but you have left them out of every game yeah. of this tournament so far. They have had zero minutes. I mean, I think combined they have under 10 minutes total on the pitch mm-hmm. and both times they went in, it was as, you know, a uh, uh, substitute to waste some time you know i think rashford got a few extra minutes but like they haven't played at all haven't played at zero minutes in the knockout stages and then you ask them to come on and three minutes later take the biggest kicks of their lives yeah and like don't get me wrong marcus rashford is a fantastic penalty Mm -hmm. taker like one of the best the only reason he's not doing it is because you know united have bruno fernandez yeah but he is a fantastic penalty taker, but even him to say you're not playing at all. And the first touch you had the, of this game is a PK. Right. Like, that, and you saw, you know, he sent him the wrong way. I hate that stutter step. Cause I get, mm-hmm. you know, this horrific flashback of Ronaldo in 2008, mm-hmm. um, you know, but it's just, I couldn't remember, remember Simone Zaza last for oh, yeah. Italy last tournament. It took about 20 minutes to get to the ball before yeah. sailing it. Yeah. And it, and it's like, Again, if you're going to do that, put them in a you know few minutes to let them run around the pitch and yeah. touch the ball and just kind of yeah. settle their nerves. But exactly. you literally said, hey, you're nervous? Good. Now go take this penalty. He almost and didn't get him in. Yeah. If Italy didn't push and try to, to enforce a cross, which led to a corner, he might not even have gotten him in. No. So I don't and, know what, you know. <laughs> yeah, and, and what's even worse, and we talked about this with the France game, is that you you kind of – as a manager, don't get me wrong, like players volunteer to take penalties and players say, you know, they want to and they're good at it. Yeah. Marcus Rashford, Jaden Sancho, like I trust them to take penalties. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, they missed it and that sucks. And I wanted England to win. And, my, you know, my wife and her whole family wanted of England course. to win. But really, like, you know, oh, well, it happens. But just like with the France match, Mbappe had had a terrible tournament and a terrible mm-hmm. game. Yeah. And it's like, you're going to put the weight of this whole game on him with being your anchor mm-hmm. and same today Saka didn't have a bad game yeah but, but that's a tough 16 spot. <laughs> minute substitute and he yep. is the youngest English yeah. player in like 15 years this is his first tournament playing with England and you're gonna leave it to him to save mm-hmm. your day yeah. at 17 years old I mean that's just unfair that's like it's just not right. And especially when you have, like, I understand you want to start with a bang, Harry Kane, you know, that, fine. Yeah, that's fine. But, like, put Harry Kane at your anchor and put Harry Maguire as your first one because he yeah. absolutely, I mean, talk about a penalty. I think he Jesus broke God. the camera. That was yeah, the I mean. That was behind I just, the goal. It went through. I, I was flabbergasted that you would allow 
a 17 year old kid playing for England for the first time on yeah. the biggest stage to be your anchor. Like, even if it was tied, even if it yeah. wasn't the match on the right. line, that's just bananas to me. So yeah. again, I blame Southgate entirely. Uh, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about the game as a whole, but when it came down to the penalties, Rashford outthought himself. Sancho took a bad penalty and yeah. Saki took a bad penalty. You know, I mean, it's just, and what's funny is, you know, in terms of betting, uh, today was my Palooza. I had 20 different mm-hmm. prop bets today. And one of the ones that I hit was Donnarumma to get man of the match because yeah. my whole thinking was if this goes to penalties, he's saving a couple. He sure makes that net really small. <laughs> when oh, you get that view from behind the shooter, he and, really and, makes that small. And shout out to Jordan Pickford because I think he is a he, terrible goalkeeper. But he did but his job. He he did what he needed to yeah, do. He made two he saves. Had, you can't put yeah. it on him. He had a couple good saves in the game as well. Yeah. Um, but I was shocked that he saved a penalty and he saved two. Like that's yeah, impressive no from him. Uh, shout out to him because I think he sucks, but yeah. he proved me wrong in that moment. But he also was at fault for the goal. So mm-hmm. whatever. All right. I know your time's limited today, but I've been saving this cold one for the last <laughs> night of the tournament. So cheers, cheers to you. Forza. So um, I'm going to let you go ahead and and uh, have the floor because your time is limited. What'd you think about the, the England lineup? Let's start there. I couldn't believe that he went five at the back. Okay. Uh, I thought that was a, a bold move to suddenly change your lineup, mm-hmm. like into a way you haven't played yet, mm-hmm. you know, like that. And it seemed to work out because, and this comes back to my prop Palooza. I love Luke Shaw. I think he's been the best player for mm-hmm. England in this tournament, him and maybe Harry Maguire. Yeah. But Trippier offers so much pace as well. Like Shaw on the left, Trippier is on the right. And that opening goal was just Trippier breaking, Shaw being available, and an unbelievable, I mean, talk about a first-time touch. Volley, brilliant from Shaw. Uh, But, you know, like in that first couple of minutes, I was like, wow, like England is coming out strong. Mm -hmm. He's using these wingbacks in order to create pace along the wings, which we've talked about that's how England should be playing with pace on the wings, but it shouldn't be your fullbacks. Yeah. It should be wingers like Jaden Sancho and Marcus Rashford and, right. you know, Sterling and all that. Um, but then it felt like after 15 minutes, once Italy settled down and once they, you know, kind of realized, okay, we're behind, let's, you know, lock it up. I mean, you'd be hard pressed to say that Italy was not the better side for 75 right. minutes. Yeah. I mean, it always looked like they were going to score. When it happened, it was a very cheap goal to give away. But at the same time, again, probably yeah. <laughs> my goal scorer prop, one of them was Benucci. Plus there you go. Uh, <laughs> one of the OGs. In there. Yeah, well, I mean, my whole thinking was <laughs> he'll get to a free kick or a corner. Yeah. And, sure and he'd be on but the like, end of it, right? Yeah, I mean, you just felt that pressure because there was, and I, I was tweeting this out, Harry Kane did not have a single shot, not mm-hmm. shot on goal, not a single shot. Right until his penalty. Harry Kane spent more time in the center circle than yeah. in the opposing box. Well, he gets a lot of credit on that first goal. He he dropped yeah. really deep. And and this was interesting because I caught this this time live, whereas it's it's almost what happened to Portugal against Belgium. Mm. They Italy pressed high. Uh, yeah. Chiesa stepped. What happened was Barella didn't Chiesa. follow, and he didn't pick up that, that channel there mm. where Harry Kane stepped into. Harry Kane was allowed to turn. And once he was allowed to turn, he made a nice, easy switch to the other side of the pitch to, to Kieran Trippier, like you said, who delivered yeah. a perfect ball to to uh, Luke Shaw. Luke Shaw gave the ball to to Harry Kane and took off. You could yeah. it almost seemed like this was something they they put into 
in training that they said we're gonna we're gonna do this because they got all of Italy shifting right. Yeah. Right. They drew everybody to well to Italy's left to England's right side of the pitch, and then they sent the diagonal cross to the far post where everybody left. Well, where Luke had- coming in. You know, and and I know I love to hate on him, but you also yeah. had Sterling pushing yeah. into the center of the box right. so and drawing defenders. Right. And, and I understand that Harry Kane played a part in that goal, mm-hmm. but Harry Kane is the most prolific English striker in the yeah. game right now. Not yeah. of all time, obviously, but right now. Yeah. Right now, and sure. what he's good at is hold up play near the box mm-hmm. and powerful shots from yeah. 20 yards or sure. closer. And... 90% of the game, he was nowhere near the box. No. And no, that is just like a recipe for no success because you're asking Harry Kane, like there were a couple of moments, and again, you know, I was I was shouting about this, where Harry Kane picks up the ball at the halfway line. Yeah, he's there's already Italian defenders back. Yeah. So he gives the ball to Sterling or he gives the ball to Saka when he subbed on or, you know, mm-hmm. whoever, and they're driving forward. And Harry Kane's not even in the box. Yeah. So it's like, what? So you have Sterling drive down that left wing and cross it into who? You know, like it's just yeah. wild. And you'd see Calvin Phillips so far up the pitch. And it's like, what the fuck is going on? Why is it, Calvin Phillips ahead of Harry Kane? It looks like in the system they play, I don't think Kane likes being completely alone up front and he drops. It's what works. I mean, yeah. look at Tottenham. Jesus. Right, right. But at least in this group, it doesn't look like there's something he's not getting. So yeah. he's dropping. And I think what you're seeing is one of the double holding or the double pivots in midfield. Like, hey, look at all that space up there. I'll go take Harry's spot. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes they're getting picked up. Sometimes they're not. But but, but I'm thinking know. it's got to be a, a systematic issue with Harry Kane in this England team right now. Well, it's uh, it's interesting. Like you said, he's not getting anything in and around the box. But it's the, you you bring up an interesting point because I agree with you. I think that's how he played. But he played today as a number 10. Yeah, absolutely. And like that's he what is a true, that. I mean, he is the a true, true nine. number nine. Right. Like, unbelievable. But you know what? England has a number 10. Yeah. Jack Grealish. Exactly. And that's, that is what he is best at. And yet they refuse to do that. Mm-hmm. And when they do put him in, you know, they put him in on that left side, like, you know, how yeah. West Ham plays him. And it's just like, again, it comes back to that whole, I don't understand what they're doing when they have like, hey, here's this clear footprint for yeah. all the players to play at their strengths, but you're not doing it. And it worked really well until the 15th minute when Italy took over the game. And yeah. there was the last uh, i remember i tweeted out the exact amount but there was the last 20 minutes or 18 minutes of those 18 minutes 12 of those the entire english 11 was in their own half mm-hmm. like yeah you are playing for a draw you are playing to defend there's zero threat going forward and my god did sterling have an underwhelming game i mean it yeah. just I, yeah, I, I don't know why he stayed on why does he stay on so long i mean you I know, mean, and he spent more time on the ground than he did on his feet in this one. I mean, and, and the referee, uh, you could tell that he was waving because there were a few things that I was like, "Wow, that's a foul!" But he was letting it go because he's like, "I'm tired of you diving." Yeah, like, it no. really was apparent today when nothing else was going his way. Um, Although I will say, the biggest like England wouldn't. Well, who knows? Because we can't say, mm-hmm. but. I'm not saying England would have won, but obviously England did not want this to go to penalties. Granted, right. they did not act like that in extra time. In extra time, no. it looked like they were playing for penalties. But yeah. I am not a, I'm a let them play type of guy. Mm-hmm. 
But Chiellini should have been sent off for that horse collar. That I was crazy. Leave. They didn't need. You know. Um, I cannot believe that, Mike. The it's only thing unbelievable. That, the only thing that I think would have saved him had it gone to VAR was it looked like the ball would have hit Saka's arm first, which would have negated the foul. I mean, but, but that's violent conduct but, against that, that was, Yeah, and he knew he had to take him down, but by the collar. I mean, I mean, and he ripped him down. He I ripped mean, him down. Yeah, but it they was, didn't. They it didn't. was violent in a way that I was like, I mean, if you did that in an American football game, you might that's get caught. Yeah, right. At the very least, it's unnecessary roughness and a 15-year right. penalty. Right, right, right. And, and Chiellini gets a yellow. Just If he gets a red there, then England are up a man for the entirety of extra time. Yeah, and I think that because that was right at the end of the 90 yeah. minutes. And I think his reputation saved him. Oh, 100%. Because if he, was, if he was somebody else, forward. yes. If he was somebody else that had done that, it probably yeah. would have been red. Um, but he's been such a gentleman of the game in his career. But yeah, that was that was a brutal, brutal I, foul. I just I couldn't believe like watching it real time. I was like yeah. straight red, and it was the and only I'm thing he a, could do. If you watch it, he could not have wrapped his arms around him to, to hold him up. He no. couldn't have tripped him. There was no no other way he was going to catch him because. Saka was gone, yeah. so he grabbed a hold and he got a hold of the collar and he ripped him down. And, and just and he may have expected to go off for that to be honest. I, well, okay, so it's interesting <laughs> you say that because that's what I was going to say next. I think he expected to go off. I think so. As soon as he ripped him down, he went like this, and he's yeah. like, "I know shit." Yeah. You know, like. But I was just when I saw that, I could not. Be- I could not believe my eyes that I watched because that that to me is like. Because the ball was going out of play, so even Saka would have gotten away, but the ball was going out of play. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's like on that level of the Zidane headbutt and you know the Suarez bite in the sure. sense that this is something that is not affecting the run of play. Right. It is just a violent act. Mm-hmm. And like I'm not saying like Chiellini, like he's you know, like you said, a gentleman of the game. I'm not saying he was trying to hurt him. No, he, he was, was just the only way he back, could like, yeah. the way it went down. I was at the very it, least. It's a very professional foul, which oh. I still think, you know, uh, he made no attempt to do anything, but grab him by the collar. Yeah. So I, mean, I, I don't disagree so with that. That, that I think was a, was a point for me that was like, wow, like now I kind of think the, the momentum is swinging in England's direction or excuse me, Italy's direction, because yeah. that to me should have been a red and then England's up for 30 minutes, you know, and in, but again, it, you know, uh, a great, a great soccer handicapper, well, sport handicapper, um, who does the soccer gambling podcast. Uh, he was tweeting out like Southgate brings on the fastest players on the pitch yeah. for penalties, right? But doesn't have them trying to run at this old ass Italy defense. It, yeah, and they didn't do that enough. That is that is exactly correct, and and that's what I don't understand is that you have these things at your disposal. Nothing's working. Italy has been on top of you the entire game since you scored. And then in extra time, you don't bring them on. And instead you bring on Jordan fucking Henderson. What a waste of a substitution that was. I mean, and also you can pull him out again. (laughs) His his penalty conversion rate is like near 60%. That's insane. That's so bad. That game was not calling for Jordan Henderson in any way. It needed, it needed pace. It needed yeah. life. And I think I genuinely think, and I said, this is not Sancho or Rashford or Saka's fault. Yeah. This is 100% on Gareth Southgate being a 
fucking pussy and not wanting yeah. to go for a win. As at soon the as they got the that day, goal, right. they played for a draw. They that was the problem. They scored in the second minute and sat back for the rest of the match for the most part. I mean, I, I, I was hoping that it would go into halftime 1-1 one, one, so mm -hmm. that England would have to play because they're the better team. Like, this mm -hmm. is what kills me is that – I. As an American, I root for Team USA in yeah. the World Cup. But I sure. love the English team because I love the Premier League. It's mm -hmm. the best league in the world. Yeah. It's my favorite sport. But they are the best team with the best talent, but also the best uh, uh, the best chemistry among that talent. And they refuse to do anything to benefit that. You know, like back in the 90s, back in the early 2000s, the problem with the English team was that you had the best players in the world, arguably, but they all hated each other because yeah, the way football the used to be, the rivalries were so yep. intense. Now that doesn't exist. So they're all cool with each other, mm -hmm. but you're playing a style that doesn't suit any of the players on your team. I mean, look at fucking Harry Maguire. He can score goals and he's your best defender. Yeah. You no, know, it's like you have a team that is screaming, that is screaming for offense, that's screaming for an attacking style. And you score a goal in the second minute after 90 seconds. And for the next 88 minutes and 30 seconds, you sit 11 men behind the ball. No wonder you yeah. lost. Like, shame yeah. on you. It's you not, guess. you know, I was, before you got on, I was saying, I was listening to Talk Sport for about two hours before mm. coming on here. I just wanted to hear what their callers were, you know, their fans, the people like us yeah. that are the England supporters were saying. And the hosts continued to just gaslight every legitimate criticism a fan made. Yeah. They just defended Southgate, defended the defended every player that, that Southgate relied on, you know, defended, um, Sterling defended, you know, J Jordan Pickford. Yep. It, it was just, there was not any room for criticism on their side. And it's like, just because you got to the fine that, you know, we've said Southgate is batting a thousand. So who are we to criticize? Well, today he didn't bat a thousand. It's fair criticism. You know, just because it worked yesterday doesn't mean that's the approach to take into today's well, match. What's even crazier though, is it worked yesterday. But then you changed it to something you have not right. done in this tournament, which is crazy. Like the yeah. biggest pussy says, I'm going to just play super defensive and trust that the fact that we have better talent up front on our easy ass run. I mean, the right. easiest road to the final and they're going to score one goal and then we're going to sit on it, which they did all tournament. Right. And it's like, fine. All right. That's the way you want to play. Then play it that way. Then you change that for the final but instead of going more attacking, which you you know probably should, you decide you're going to be more defensive and trust your wingbacks to give you offense. And at first, it looked for a second like, wow, what a genius. You did it. Yeah. But when you do that and then you play for the 1-0 win, the problem is, is that you're exposed at every turn because every one of your players, like Italy didn't ever have to worry about a counterattack. Not one right. time. Right. Not one time was there an English counterattack. No, which is because they had the lead. Because they had the lead, they didn't risk anything going forward. I mean, but the, but and then when they needed a goal, they can, you can't just flip the switch and change the way you've been playing for an hour. I mean, but and this is like okay, so I am a Manchester United fan, and you know, obviously one of the most famous you know chants is attack, attack, attack. But look at Chelsea and Tuchel mm -hmm. ball, which mm -hmm. is just sit back play amazing defense, we win with clean sheets. Mm -hmm. Fine. I don't like that style of play, but obviously it works. It's, a, it's one way to win, teams. yeah. However, even though he can't put a fucking ball in the net to save his life, 
Timo Werner is always at least at the halfway line to mm -hmm. offer some sort of outlet, to offer some sort of break if another team gets too cocky about it. Today, yeah. Harry Kane, Raheem Sterling, Saka, everybody was behind the ball. And Italy, the only person they had back was Chiellini, and he was at the halfway line. Are you mm -hmm. kidding me? He's right. 38 years old. He's not yep. catching anybody. You're right. not going to give anybody an outlet. Like, it's just, it's wild to me that you have the four fastest players in the tournament, four fastest players in the tournament, and you choose not to use them. Yeah. And Harry Kane is playing a 10 when he could be a nine. I mean, you know, no <laughs> Harry Maguire had more shots than yeah. Harry Kane today. Yeah, that's something. John Stones, Calvin Phillips all had more shots than Harry I, Kane. I was going to say, you know, what's really crazy, Spain had, was more vertical against Italy than England was. I mean, in the and, semifinal. And Spain gave them the blueprint. Spain yeah, said, hey, here's exactly. how to beat Italy. And I think England are lucky that they were even given the chance to go to extra time because in reality, uh, that first Chiesa chance where mm -hmm. he shoots, it deflects off a player, and then I believe it's Insignia, uh, you know, drives down the line on the deflection and shoots it, you know, right at Pickford, but still it it had a lot of pace. Yeah. Pickford saves it. Yeah. Good save for Pickford. And then I think about five minutes later, Chiesa just drives through four English defenders mm -hmm and has a shot that Pickford was stunned by. He didn't yeah. even move. Right. And luckily, it was two yards wide. Yep. But really, Italy should have been 1-1 one 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 going into the half. And if that was the case, I would, I mean, totally I would different the house on Italy to yeah. win in regulation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it, was, it was an interesting matchup. And, you know, everyone was saying the team that was braver was going to win this match because both teams and have their true. way to play, and it played out that way. Italy took more risks. They went forward. They had to. Uh, it's true. They were losing. So that dictated who was going to take more risks. Yeah. And it's almost like the early goal hurt England in the long run more I than totally it helped. I totally agree. And I never thought I'd say that. But I, I instantly, as soon as Luke Shaw scored, which I was super happy about because mm -hmm. Luke Shaw shot on goal, which I took a prop, plus 500. Mm -hmm. Fucking scores it. Unbelievable. <laughs> but. It, as soon as they scored it and then 10 minutes later started soaking up pressure the way they did, I was like, man, this feels a lot like that World Cup semifinal against Croatia where I think it was Kieran Trippia scores that free kick yeah. in the eighth minute. And then they just play sit back ball. Mm -hmm. And of course, Croatia levels goes to extra time and Mandzukic yeah. scores the winner. And right. it's like, it's unreal how England, because also... The other thing that I think, and again, you know, I'm I'm no manager. I've never played professionally, so who the fuck am I to say this? But you are a team that is better. You have all your squad. You know, Italy's missing arguably their best player, if not their second best, with Spinazzola. Chiesa mm -hmm. wasn't 100% and went off early. Yep. And you get an early lead, a 1-0 lead. In my mind, for the first half at least, play like it's nil-nil. Yeah, play I would like agree with that. Score. Play like if it goes into halftime 2 0, then you sit back. Yeah. But the fact that they were like, oh, 90 seconds and we have the league, great. Let's just sit on it. And that's way too early to do I that. I mean, that's <laughs> just. And, and they had went the few times where they started to get forward, you could see there was danger there because yeah. Italy didn't know how to compare with all their speed and with the fact mm -hmm. that they could get so many men behind, like on the ball. But I mean, just. The fact that you had Chiellini at the halfway line as the only Italian back, yeah, and that never caused a problem is just like, 
Ah, unbelievable. Their lack of pace at the back never came into play in this match. Exactly. And you have, and Sterling, I think he had a terrible game. Uh, You know, I'm not saying, oh, see how shitty he is. That's not what I'm saying. He he was invisible. But it's like, this is a guy who is not only so fast, but so good at holding the ball Mm -hmm. when he dribbles going forward. And it seemed like every time he did, it was going to end up either a useless ball across the box where nobody is, or it'll deflect for a corner and then Mm. they'll try and get their opportunity. You know, there was never a point where Sterling looked as dangerous as he has in past games or where, you know, Saka did or Kane looked, you know, it just, it really felt exactly like you said, they scored and then said, right, we're done being offensive. That part is done, right. (laughs) And Italy was like, oh, great, we'll just push forward. (laughs) Like notice how on the goal, so if you look at uh, the tack cam of the whole pitch mm-hmm. for the goal, there was no, not one Italian player within 60 yards of their mm-hmm. own goal. Right. They were all pushed into the English half. And mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. I understand. And they were invited piece. and it was, but yeah, yeah, like it's a set piece. Don't get me wrong. I understand. But it's like, if you get, I don't know, Calvin Phillips clears that ball and it's a race between Sterling and anybody else. Anybody. Yeah. That's a one-on-one with Donnarumma. Like, right. I mean, I, I'm just I was shocked watching the game, seeing that you might as well have subbed out all of your offensive players and just put in Jordan Henderson right. and, and fucking all of your backup uh defensive players. It yeah. just and it's so sad because England, you know, was at Wembley and this great opportunity, but I'm sorry, I don't want to grandstand here and I don't want to get mm-hmm. political about all this, but people need to fucking chill out with this racism like Mm -hmm. the second that game was over i those people are such scum that first of all use race at all because it has nothing to do with football right what race you are but also Mm -hmm. these players feel it way worse than you do bro you sitting at home in your living room tweeting about these players has not even a millionth percent of the effect it has on these players to lose a game like this so i i mean just disgusting from the english fans but anyway, sorry, aside from that. Yeah, no, but that that it's despicable. That shouldn't happen. It's Never. I mean, you're supposed to be a supporter of your team and that's, you know, like you only support them with when they win, is that what you're saying? Like Yeah, exactly. They're your players when they score, but when they don't, they're not yours, you know, like which essentially means that you haven't supported your national team in 60 years. Right. It's just there's no place for that in the game like you said. And and it, it, really, the, these tough, these Twitter tough guys who are hiding behind a a hashtag or behind a, a Twitter handle, you know, yeah. knowing that there's no way to ever track them down. You're real brave making, you know, ignorant comments, racist comments on social media, because they know if they said that in public, they'd get you know a fist in their face with them. And as well, they, they were done saying, and as well, they should. Before they're even done saying it, yeah. someone would have would have knocked their teeth. Yeah, sorry, sorry to bring it there, but no, I just that, that's one of the most disgusting stuff I've ever yeah. seen. And especially being a United fan like mm-hmm. Rashford, you know, yeah, deals with all this shit. So, question for you, getting back to the game, what do you think of? Because I, you know, like I said, I couldn't believe the lack of attack and all that. But what do you think of the Italian setup? Because they were not using their wing backs at all. They just said, we're no. going to press when, the entire game. Yeah, when Spinazzola went out, they did away with, with, with wing back play. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, they, they pressed. Like I said, I think it cost them the first goal. When you watch it back, yeah. the press only works when everybody moves in unison. If if someone allows the outlet pass, 
you pass right through it, and then you know you're pulling the ball out of the back of your own goal 30 seconds later. But I thought what happened was England there had the chance to really step on their throats a little bit. Yeah, I mean, and they yeah. didn't. They backed off and allowed. And if you're Italy and you got these experienced guys, these key, you know, Chiellini, Bonucci's, you're quickly saying, "Relax, guys. We got lots of time. Look, mm. they're backing up. They're gonna let us back into this." Yeah. And I don't think they were ever made to panic. No, no. There were I mean, plenty of times they got the ball up there. There was no passing lanes. England had everything cut out because everybody's behind the ball. Like you said, the mm-hmm. whole game is being played in England's half with all 20, you know, 20 out of the 22 players located in that half. And the yeah. passing lanes into the final third weren't there. But, you know, when that happened, they just rotated around again, try to get them moving side to side so that those passing lanes would open. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, England defended well for an hour. Let, let's be honest. They, they, they did, but eventually it's a long time to play like that. And eventually they get a set piece and, you know, it had, you could have even seen, I mean, it looked like stones uh, had a rugby tackle on Chiellini on that goal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, had they not scored, who knows, but I don't know that he would have called the, the penalty kick Bjorn Kuypers, but, but you, there definitely would have been a case there. Well, and, and it's interesting as well that you say they defended well, because there was, and again, Full disclosure, United fan. I hate Sterling because he's sure. a City player, but you know he's. I obviously know he's a good player, but there were a couple times where he picked up the ball and was driving down towards the you know Italian net, mm-hmm. and I felt bad for him because he looks up. You know, he's no like, way. "All right, I'm, I'm getting near the box. All right, here we go." And he was the only, only yeah. English player within twenty yards yeah. of the box everyone else was behind him and like what are you supposed to do there he ended up you know giving it away or trying to drive down you know uh trying to drive down the line to cross it in and no one was there i mean Mm. what do you do sterling had a bad game a big part of that is because he had no one to help him so it was like okay i can either take on six defenders Or, you know, I don't and know. And Harry Kane's terrible. already playing behind the midfielder, so he's not going to be up there. No, we and, talked about where Harry Kane spent most of the game. And what's crazy as well is that I felt that Italy grew into the game more and more, you know, and they got more confident. And I think in reality, they should have had more than just that one goal. But even with the goal, it's like England always looked as though they knew that they weren't going to score again. Mm-hmm. You know, like even when they brought it forward, yeah. there's kind of this element of like, there was a great ball in from Luke Shaw that I think it was Mason Mount. He, mm-hmm. he left it. Like he didn't, he didn't try and backheel it. He left it thinking someone was behind him and then turns around and looks. There's nobody and was there, like, yeah. Oh fuck. Like it was one of those weird, like what a great ball in from Shaw. Your only target is Mount and you found him and he left it because he yeah. thought someone was behind him. Coming in with a better angle, like, right? That, that kind of, you know, summed it all up for me as your one really great moment in the box. Mm-hmm. And, Absolutely. you know, Donnarumma didn't make a save until, you know, the, the PKs. How right. How crazy is that? They had their one shot in the first two minutes and they had no more. Sh- they had one, one other shot, shot, I think. Yeah. One shot. Yeah. That's insanity. And from a defender. Donnarumma's yeah. first save was in the penalty the shootout. shootout. Yep. Like that. I mean, yeah. you can't. Absolutely. With that kind of play, if you're, no offense to them, but if you're the Czechs, if you're Slovakia, if you're, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, Switzerland or something, I can get that because you get a goal and you're like, oh shit, like we need yeah. to protect this. We, we can't press. We can't afford to give them a cheap goal. Right. England is not 
of that ilk. They are so much higher. There's such a step up in class from almost everyone in mm -hmm. this tournament. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I mean, talent wise, I might say France is better. Maybe, maybe. But in terms of talent and chemistry, no oh, yeah. one is better yeah. than England. And they didn't show a lick of that when it comes to their offensive mindset. And yeah. I think that comes 100% down to Southgate, as, as, as I've said a million times on this podcast. And it's, mm -hmm. you know, like we said, you said it best. He was batting a thousand until today. And today he tried to be a manager and look what happened. Yeah. And I think he outmanaged himself. But yeah. All um, of his subs backfired and yeah. his lineup, his Even tactical lineup. Pulling, pulling Trippia off when he did. And that changed the, the formation that was working. <laughs> and, and you know, it is a fantastic penalty. To, like it's just another. Yes, exactly. And you bring, yeah. on, and you bring on Henderson late, obviously <laughs> to, to defend, take him out again. But he is one of the worst penalty takers yeah. in the history of the game. Like, yeah. I think he's taken something like, you know, 25 penalties and missed 15, like missed 10 of them. <laughs> you know, it's just like that. I mean, anyway, I know I got to go. I apologize. I know you Thank do. You so much for having me on. But what a game. Congratulations Absolutely. to Italy. And Please, you know, if you're an England fan, please support your players because they're yep. getting so much hate and fucking scumbags, you know. These yeah, players no got you to the final and you haven't been there for 60 years. Show Correct. a little bit of appreciation. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you for joining me this past month, by the way. Before you go, I do have absolutely. to thank you. It has been a pleasure. And I would do it any time. Are you doing my life a lot Maybe when the quarterfinals start, okay. uh, this Count group stage is all right. I will definitely because this group stage doesn't really appeal to me very much. Um, USA by five today. Yeah, they just scored. I just got an alert. So the USA, really? I think the USA just scored. Um, one nil or two nil? It, one right now. Okay. But uh, yeah, w w I'll definitely be in touch. We can talk Gold Cup. And obviously, and when the season starts, I'd love to have you on to talk Premier League, Bundesliga, Euro League, right. things like that. All Sounds right. Like a plan, plan. Thank you so much. And all right. Um, all right. Have a good yeah. night. All right. So I am still here. And we're going to talk a little bit more about Italy now because I, le I let him talk about England. So when we look at Italy, okay, here's Italy's lineup. Okay. They played in a straight up 4 3 3. Donnarumma in goal, Di Lorenzo, Bonucci, Chiellini, and Emerson on the back four. All right, Emerson had himself a much better game today than he had in the semifinals. Um, but like I said, I think Italy went away from wingback play once Emerson came on. Um, Di Lorenzo had somewhat of a hand in England's goal. He was shifting right, and much like Nelson Semedo for Portugal, who gets a lot of bad rap for the, that Germany game, much of the same, he he slid central and he picked up Harry Kane instead of picking up the late arriving Luke Shaw, who came in un, untouched and scored the goal. And I said this when we were watching it live at my, my in-laws' house, you know, my Italian in-laws. I said it was very, very well executed play with the very intentional uh, plan to move the entire Italian team to the far side of the pitch, switching it right. Okay, Trippia, world-class at delivering balls. Everybody knows that, okay? Again, best 11 in La Liga, but Garrett Southgate doesn't see him as one of his automatic 11s. If I'm managing England, Trippia is in my is in the team, and he stays on the pitch until he's no longer fit to play. That's where I would have Trippia. That's, I'm sorry, he's just, he brings too much quality. 
And I don't want to hear people say that he doesn't bring quality. Okay, one, he's a better one-on-one defender than any of the other uh, outside backs on on England. And two, he delivers a much better ball, okay, going forward. And he can take penalty kicks like we just heard FA My Place say. He can take penalty kicks. Okay, he's the best 11 in La Liga, champion in La Liga with Atletico Madrid. So, um, again, he delivers a great ball to the back post. Luke Shaw is unmarked because the entire team shifted right, and he went. He knew exactly where he was going. He was going to that back post, which was going to be left open because uh, Barella did not pick him up when because Barella was out of position to begin with on the original press. So Italy's press broke down in that goal. It was early, and they made a big mistake because Chiesa stepped high. Barella did not did not slide into the passing lane, so he allowed Luke Shaw to find Harry Kane, and Luke Shaw took off. The, the, the play was on at that point. Once Harry Kane was allowed to turn, he switched it to Kieran Trippia. Trippia, you know, took a couple steps. Played it across the, you know, diagonally across the penalty area to the far post where Luke Shaw arrived and he put it in the only place he could. So I didn't really like that from Italy as far as their backline play in the early stages, but they figured it out. The three in midfield, Jorginho again, another big performance from him. Marco Verratti to his left and Nicolo Barella to his right. Uh, up front, Chiro Immobile, another disappointing performance for Chiro the hero. Um, but again, he he can do so much without the ball as well. So he does provide something, just much like Harry Kane, Chiro Immobile, not getting opportunities in the penalty area. I am sure right now tonight he couldn't care less. Okay, he, he's got that gold medal around his neck. He's kissed the cup. He could care less. But I think he had a frustrating tournament all in all. Uh, Chiro Immobile did. Um, and then Lorenzo Insigne and Federico Chiesa. Chiesa was once again quite good. Uh, I think he has got this, just sky's the limit for this kid. I can see him doing big things and going places. Um, I think he's got a brilliant career in front of him. I can't wait to watch him grow and develop in the next 10 years, the next decade or so. As I get old and gray, you know, he'll be coming into his into his prime. Um Insigne had a tough match. Okay. I thought Insigne was very much canceled out by the by the wingback play uh of Kieran Trippia. Kieran Trippia came in, he played on that side. Like I said, he's a much better 1v1 defender than is Kyle Walker. I'm sorry. Kyle Walker, I like much better as a right center back than I do as a right wing back. Okay. Um, I think he plays much better tucked in. And I, he's got a lot of pace, which allows him to be even more important in the center three because he recovers better than anyone else. Okay. And John Stones and Harry Maguire are, are not, you know, they're, they're very good central defenders as well. But we've seen time after time the way that, that Kyle Walker can recover when the ball gets in behind. I like him much better. I actually um, fade my plays, was surprised to see this lineup. I actually like this lineup better for England. I just think the problem with England was they scored early and they went to the next phase of their plan, which was to sit back. I thought the first thing that Garrett Southgate should have said was he should have gone like this, 0-0. Way too early to change the way you play. Way too early to change your methodology. Way too early to just sit back. 88 minutes is way too much time to just invite press pressure forward and try to soak it all in and wait for a counter. 
They could have had Italy on the ropes. They landed the first punch. If this is a boxing match, okay? I like to use the analogies with boxing or MMA, okay? It, uh, England delivered the first strike that really stunned Italy. And when you watch boxing, when a shot, you know, stuns them, they're, they're kind of like, you know, wobbly a little bit, and you have a chance to go in for the knockdown. The problem was this was the equivalent of uh, of England landing an overright, an overhand right hook, stunning Italy, and then backing off and letting them recover, because that's what they did in this match. Whether or not that was the plan, that's a different story, but that's, in the end, what they did. That was what happened. They gave away this match, in my opinion. They allowed Italy too much of the ball, okay? And I'm, I'm all for sitting in deep. I'm all for it. But Italy wants the ball. They're a team that wants the ball. They're a team that's very good with the ball. They're a team that find the spaces. They find the dangerous vertical passes eventually, okay? And England didn't even defend poorly. I thought they defended fairly well. Problem was, it was just too much time to defend. Okay. Um, again, Insigne, I thought had a hard time dealing because on his side, Trippier was there. Uh, we did see him slide central, and he's a very good player in that true number 10 role when he wants to slide in there when he's not getting the service. The problem is for Insigne is that is that Spinozola was injured. Okay. When Spinozola is there, Insigne can start his run way out wide, come inside, and leave that channel in behind him for Spinozola, Spinozola is not there. Emerson's not the same kind of player. He's going to come up here and there, but he is not going to be able to to do it the way Spinozola can. Um, but hey, hats off to Italy for for dealing with that injury. You know, it would have derailed other teams. Okay, and the Azuri came out and they adjusted. They changed a little bit about the way they play, but they did not change who they are. And that's why, in the end, they lifted the trophy. Okay, I am. Happy with this result. Don't get me wrong. Okay, I am happy. This uh, If Portugal couldn't win this competition, which this time they couldn't, I am happy that it was Italy to lift the trophy. I'm happy that the trophy stays in the Latin countries. Okay, it has been a dominance of Latin countries since the year 2000, like I said, in this competition. Um, yeah, Bonucci gets the tying goal off a set piece, right? And like I said, there there was enough there to even call a penalty on on stones for bringing down Chiellini, in my opinion. I'm not saying that Bjorn Kuypers, the referee, would have called that, but I, from what I could see, it looked that way to me. Okay. Um, in the end, the match goes to extra time. And again, I think that Garrett Southgate made a huge mistake when he took off Karen Trippia. And at this level, if you're going to be a manager, you have to take the criticism, and you're going to be picked apart even if it's just one match. Okay, I do this with my own manager. Okay, I think I'm very fair at evaluating the managers, and I don't bring the past match into the current match. And I'm not looking at the next one. I'm assessing what I saw today from from Garrett Southgate. I don't care what happened in the past. Okay, um, every substitution was 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 wrong today. Saka comes on, that's fine, but not in place of Trippia. Why did he change that? You're going to suddenly be, I know why, because they were sitting back too far. And he, the only way he could come up with to move his team out of their end and start to play some attack-minded football is to make the team more defensive by going into a 4-4-2 or a 4-2-3-1, whatever it was that they went into. Yeah, 4-2-3-1. Um, rather than maybe even, dare I say, taking one of the double pivot out if you're going to do that, okay? 
moving Trippier further up the pitch. You take out a double one of the double pivot. You take out Phillips or Rice, and you slide in Saka now. Okay. May I even say you take out Raheem Sterling, who did nothing today? He was a great candidate to come out. People are saying that Garrett Southgate was brave and that he was bold. No, he was not. He never took out he never took out Sterling when he when the match was not decided. He never took out Kane. Okay. He took out Kane in the first match, and that's it to put Marcus Rashford there. He did not change, you know, he did not take out the Key players who are not performing. He did take out Mason Mountain this one, okay? And he he brought on Jack Grealish, and I was nervous at that point. Jack Grealish puts some fear in me, and I think he put some fear in the Italian team when he came on. But, again, he is a player that could play as a number 10, but he's stuck out on the left trying to cut in. England do too much of this. They do too much of the inverted winger, in my opinion. Way too much. They're not even looking to take the ball wide ever. So they're not keeping the defense honest. And I think Italy just showed a patience that comes with the experience that they have or that the key people in this team have. Because this is not an old Italian team either. You take out the back four and they're pretty young. Um, What a job by Roberto Mancini in this past two and a half years since he took over. To take this team from a team that failed to qualify for the World Cup 2018 put him in the final of Euro 2020 and win the tournament against England in England. And for the second tournament in a row, the host loses the final. That's something. That is a statistic for you. Second Euro in a row, the home side loses the final. The real home side, not the one on paper, because Italy was technically at home on paper. I mean, the team actually playing in their home country. Okay, they repeated what happened to France now five years ago in Euro 2016. So, um, again, the the match went to extra time. And I don't know where these where the English pundits are saying that they dominated extra time. That extra time was each team had a chance here or there, but there was almost no shots on goal. I mean, England played 120 minutes with one shot on goal. The one they scored. You cannot sit here and call yourself hard done. And one of my pet peeves is when people just say that, oh, the the penalty shootout is a coin flip. It's a coin. No, that's just what teams that lose them all the time say to make themselves feel better about it. There is a science to a penalty shootout. Italy was the first team in this competition to win two penalty shootouts in this competition. England had every advantage. They knew where the Italian players shot in the semifinals. Jordan Pickford made two saves today, and credit to him, he did what he had to do. If your goalkeeper makes two saves in a shootout, you should win it. There's no reason to miss three, okay? Um, But they missed three for different reasons. Part of it is two of those players were cold as ice. They just come onto the pitch, and then they're put on to shoot in the highest pressure situation without really any touches on the ball. That's asking way too much, in my opinion. And then you have your big name, Sterling, who didn't even take a shot. Where was Sterling in the penalty shootout? Or was he subbed off? I don't believe he was subbed off, but I'm going to double check that before I bash him here. Walker came off. Henderson came off. Those were the two that came off. Yeah, so... 
Uh, Mason Mount came off. So, yes, Sterling was there. Declan Rice and Kieran Trippier were the team, the players who came off. Raheem Sterling, if you're a star, and I'm calling you a fraud tonight, not a star. Because you know what? Aside from going down easily and getting a penalty in that semifinal, you've done very little since the quarterfinals or since the round of 16. I'm not counting the game with the Ukraine. Ukraine was dead in that match. In these key big money matches, Raheem Sterling was nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. When you take away his cut into his right foot, or you take away his ability to make his run into, into the face of the goal for the tap-ins, he does not bring much else. He's got pace and a, and a decent right foot. That's why he's not world-class. That's why he's top-level, but he is not... That's why his, his future is not going to be at Real Madrid or Barcelona or at, you know, he. Uh, it's not going to be a big-money move away from Manchester City. I don't think he's... I think he's hit his ceiling as a player. And um, really disappointing that he doesn't even step up and take a penalty. I'm sorry. I'm going to call that out. You want to be the star? You want to you wanna make a case for being the player of the tournament, which I hear the British media saying after each match? Then you step up and you take a penalty. You don't force a 19-year-old to take the final penalty, and you don't force a teenager to, to go home with that on his shoulders, that he missed the last penalty and that his team lost because a couple of teenagers and a, a, an also young Marcus Rashford, who was cold, missed their penalty kicks. Yeah, I'm putting that on Raheem Sterling. No question about it. But anyway, um, going back to Italy, I think Jorginho had a good game, but he screwed up that penalty shot. He's he's about to take it, and I'm saying to my father-in-law, I he I was I go. Pickford is waiting for the hop. He knows where he's going to go once he hops. I go, if I were Jorginho, there'd be no hop in this one. I would just run up there and put it in a corner. Pickford wouldn't have even reacted because he was expecting the normal approach. That's what he was expecting. He sh he should have changed it up. He probably would have scored it, and they would have won on a converted kick versus waiting for Donnarumma to make yet another save. But Donnarumma, does he not make that goal look so small? I mean... England missed three penalty kicks. Okay, he saved two of them. The other one, he just didn't bite on, on Marcus Rashford's bait. Rashford took the slow the slow approach, waiting, 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 hoping that Donnarumma would commit to one side. He never did. Forced him to sort of force the shot, if you will. Um, I think he hit it harder than he wanted to. He obviously opened his hips too much out to his left. And he hit the post. And from there, I think England knew the writing was on the wall. See, they even took the lead in this one, okay? And again, um, I know we're we're coming up closely on an hour here. But uh, I felt, and I said before the match, that England were not going to be able to rise to the occasion in a shootout. It's too much in their DNA. I don't care what these players say that they don't know what happened 20 years ago. They know England go out in a shootout all the time. You see David Beckham's face. It was like deja vu for him watching England lose yet another shootout. Yeah, they won one in World Cup 2018 against Colombia in the round of 16. But in a final, they still knew they had demons to exercise, and they did not do that. 
And that comes down to Gareth Southgate and his selection, in my opinion. Okay. If he wanted these guys to shoot, and I think that the fact that they shot is fine. They needed to come in at the start of the second extra time, at least get 10, 15 minutes of solid running, solid touches in, rather than just stepping up and putting your first touch from the spot with all the pressure of the world on you. That's that's a coaching man. That's a coaching uh, miscalculation, mismanagement, in my opinion. And I think England paid the ultimate price for their their manager. I'm sorry. Yes, they got to the final, but I think they got to the final in spite of him. And today they lost because of him. In my in my own honest opinion, I could be 100% wrong. I'm not saying I would go there and do any better. But, I mean, you heard a fade my play. He follows England. He follows English football. This is such a talented team. And they're let down. Their talent didn't show. One, because they played a system in a style that didn't suit what they have. And I think Southgate going forward towards World Cup 2022 has to have a serious look at how he's playing because I don't think he's going to win a World Cup this way either. And he may not get lucky enough to advance. You're not always going to draw the Czech Republic. You're not always going to draw the Ukraine. Okay, you're not always going to get a Denmark in the semifinals. You're going to face some sharks at some point. Had England been in the other side of the bracket, they may not even have gotten to the final. Look at the teams Italy went through. They went through Belgium. Okay, they went through Spain. They had a tough time with Austria, but they also could have easily played Portugal. They could have played France because those teams were also on their side of the bracket. Um, But in the end, it's the Italians that come through. Bravo. Fratelli d'Italia. Bravo. They They played well, and I thought they were the better team today. I think they were the more complete, the more unified team. I think England has better pieces. Italy has a better collective. At the end of the day, they are more than the sum of their parts where England are not there yet. That doesn't mean they won't be there, but they're not there yet. Okay, everybody, thank you for this past month. It has been an absolute pleasure to come to you every night that there have been matches with this podcast. I have enjoyed every minute. Like I said, I got to thank at Fade My Place. Thank at James Makes Picks. Thank at DGENs United especially those three guys really made this possible for me. This for me, everybody was a dream come true. I literally got to play sportscaster, got to play football pundit and cover a international tournament from start to finish. albeit from my own house or in this case from my parents' house, but I got to do that. And you guys tuned in every night and you guys downloaded the podcast and you, you interacted with me on Twitter and everything else. I got to thank everybody for the support. This has been an absolute blast, an absolute dream come true. And I hope to do something very similar for World Cup 2022. I don't know yet what it's going to be because, well, it falls in the middle of my busiest time of the year. It falls, it's going to fall during the month of December in 2022, where I work about 100 hours a week. So I don't know what what it's going to look like, but I'll come up with something. Um, Again, please. Click the subscribe button below if you're watching on YouTube. Subscribe. Hit the little bell so you get alerted. Okay, follow us on social media. My handle is right there. You see it if you're watching. If you're listening, my handle is at PTB underscore media. Please follow it on Instagram and on Twitter. And don't forget, there are more episodes coming up. I do have a Copa America review coming. Yes, Messi has won an international trophy. Um. I was a little shocked by 
Brazil's lack of uh, lack of just efficiency and lack of being up for the big match last night. I'll talk about it in detail in the next episode. Um, I'm not going to throw it on the end of this. I'm going to make a special podcast episode for that, and then I'll release it on the feed. Um, not sure yet about the about using video, but I will definitely get that out there in the next couple of days. And then and we've got Copa uh, Libertadores resuming this week, so I thought I was going to take a little vacation here from podcasting. No can do for two reasons. There is Copa Libertadores starting Tuesday, so next Friday night, okay, around 8.30 p.m. Uh, Eastern time, I'll be back right where you're watching right now to break down uh, the first leg of the round of 16 in the Copa Libertadores and the Copa Sudamericana. Okay, we'll look at some results. Plus, I'm going to have to do a Mr. Benfica episode this week because just when I thought I could take a little break because they're just at the start of preseason, Benfica's president goes and gets arrested. That is right. The president has been arrested. He is under house arrest with a 3 million euro uh, bail set, the second largest bail of all time in the country of Portugal. So I'm going to have to give my two cents on that. And I still got to close out season three of Mr. Benfica by breaking down the women's team's championship run. So that's coming to you this week as well, one of these days this week. Sometime before the weekend, I will have that for you, okay? Thank you again for joining me. Thank you to everyone who was listening. Thank you to everyone who followed on the social media. And like I said, I look forward to doing this again. But parking the bus continues, okay? Going back to our regular format, regular episodes very soon this week, all right? And for everybody here at the PTB Media Network, thank you once again. I am the Mr. Mike Agustinho. And I am going to be signing off here. And before I do, I have a special thank you here to the guys that made this possible. So I'm sending you guys away with, with that. For those of you watching the video, for those of you listening on the podcast, all it's going to say is a special thank you to at Fade My Play, at James Makes Picks, and at DGens United for their time and contribution to this Euro 2020 project. It's been the project of a lifetime. I have honestly enjoyed it, sincerely enjoyed being here every night talking footy. And I've really enjoyed all the positive feedback. I've enjoyed the following. I mean, we had some nights where we had several hundred people watching. That that's blows my mind. So thank you, everybody. And I'll see you next time here on Parking the Bus.
Angola, marca um golo, só um crack. Um crack. Fecha na claca, hoje é só loucura, vencemos o combate. Isso aqui é futebol, fizemos com amor, sem raça, From the sun hey, I hardly know you Can I confess I feel your heart Beating in my chest If you come with me Tonight is gonna be the one Cause you fail And no fear for the fight You pull hope from defeat In the night There's an image of you in my mind Could be mad, but you might just be right We are the people we've been waiting for Out of the ruins of hate and war Army of lovers never seen before We are the people we've been waiting for Heart that works from a broken place, that's where the victory's won. Mm -hmm. 
Cause you fail, no fear for the fight You pull hope from defeat in the night There's an image of you in my mind Could be mad, but you might just be right 